This is In the Trenches, broadcast 48. Welcome to In the Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. Today's guest is Hanny Mora, the founder of SimpleVideoPress.com and the founder of SimplePodcastPress.com. And a little bit about Hanny. He's a software engineer online marketing coach, and father of two beautiful girls. Haney's passion is showing small business owners how easy video marketing podcasting could be and how to use these powerful platforms to generate targeted leads online. Haney, it's great to have you here with us, man. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it, man. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, that's a quick bio, but I'm, I'm curious about to know a little bit more about you and, and how you started both Simple Video Press and Simple Podcast Press, and then we can dig into those a little bit more. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I I got into like online marketing and back in 2005, and that's um, I started a blog. One of my passions was video. I like I love creating video, and I just I thought it was fun. And it's fun. It's a good marketing tool as well. But I didn't at that time I didn't realize. I just enjoyed teaching people how simple video was. So I started a blog 2005, and it's still up and running. It's not as current as I'd like it to be. But the idea was, let's teach people how simple video can be with all these great tools, great technology out there. It's simple and affordable. And that's how I kind of got my feet wet with, with blogging back in 2005. And I tended to do videos, like YouTube videos, how to you know, create a PowerPoint, convert it to a video, and just different how-to type things. And I really liked that. I got some great feedback, and people liked my teaching style. So I, I kept it up for a few years. And then... Uh, I reached a point kind of last year and I said, you know, I need to take it to the next level. I didn't, you know, I wasn't really monetizing it. It was more of fun for fun. And I said, you know, let me add more value. Let me create something that's besides just training videos. And I ended up thinking, wait a second, I have my software engineering is kind of what I studied back in in school. Let's combine software and, and video together. And um, so I'm thinking, you know, what product, what can I do? And then I thought of a problem I was having. So when I published videos to my WordPress site, it was, you know, I spent so much time on the video and I spend, and I get tired by the time I publish a video on YouTube and all the optimization and titles and et cetera, that kind of stuff. I thought, then I have to go and you know, duplicate some of the work to put it on my WordPress site. Then I thought to myself, it's got to be a better way. I, once I put it on YouTube, I just want it to show up on my website automatically. Mm-hmm. And that's how the idea came about for the simple video press. Is an automatic tool that will take all your videos every time you publish it and automatically make a new page on your site, a new blog post, and fill it out for you, video, embed the video, do all the work for you. And that's kind of what inspired me to create my first product, which was Simple Video Press. So tell me a little bit about the creation process and how you launched it. Um, you know, what, how, much, how long did it take? Uh, were you doing it by yourself uh, when you first released it? How was that process? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was a fun. It was my first kind of software product that I was creating and launching. So, you know, first, first I wanted to create it. So, I have a little bit of. Some, I have a software background, but 
I mean, I knew I couldn't dedicate full time to develop it myself. So first thing I did was look to outsource some of the work. So that's um, definitely a good strategy. I, I recommend anybody getting started. You can't do everything yourself, so no, uh, nothing wrong with outsourcing. So I, I came up with the concept myself. I wrote it down, paper or Evernote. I can't remember what I used exactly, but you know, I jotted down the gist of it. Like, what's what problem am I solving? And it was a problem that I was having, so it was very clear what the problem was. You know, I sketched it out, and then I, I put on an ad on Odesk for a WordPress developer, and uh, it's you know it's a great process, but it does take time. So by the time I found the right person, you obviously have to go through a few people, and we had I had bad experiences. We can get into that if you like a little bit later. But um, you know, the lesson being is you know it takes time to find the right person, and I found a good developer, and I trusted him, and we built a relationship over time, and uh, that's how I gonna handed off that part of the work, uh, development work, with him to him. And, but another important thing I did was, since this was my first product launch, or first software I want to introduce to the world, I needed to partner up with somebody. That was my first strategy, is I need, I need to get it out there. And how do I get it out there? Let's, let's connect with somebody who has an audience that can use this product. And um, it's actually a very interesting story. I, um, I was, around the same time I was creating, this is back in April of 2013. Um, so I started development, I started creating it, and then I wanted to, Say, so how am I gonna? Who am I gonna find to partner up with? I said, let me start building, and then at the same time, start searching. And at the same time, it's pure coincidence. I, um, um, I was the um, Sean Malarkey, and uh, people who've heard of Sean Malarkey, he has his own podcast, The Money Pillow, and he also is uh, the owner of um, kind of Inspired Marketing, which owns a lot of uh, Video Traffic Academy and a lot of social media type uh, courses. So I knew he had a big audience, and he asked for help. He posted something on Facebook saying, "Hey, I'm looking to help. Uh, I'm looking for help video editing. Can someone, uh, you know, shoot me a message? At, you know, I'd love some help editing a video." And I just jumped on it. I happened to be just on my phone that second. He just posted it. I jumped on it. Hey, John, I'd love to help you out. Anyway, so I gave me all the details. I worked. You know, I put in a lot of extra effort. You know, I wanted to kind of make a good impression. And um, yeah, did that and. Did it, it was about an hour interview, and I spent a few hours on it. I wanted to make sure it was done right. And what happened after that is, you know, he said, "Hey, I'm starting a podcast. I have all these interviews. Do you want to edit them for me?" And I'm thinking, this is not really what I want to do. You know, editing is you know great and fun, but it's time consuming. But I knew that like if I helped him out, I can offer value to him. And, you know, I want to build a relationship with him. So that's what I did. I just, I said, you know, I'll, I'll take it on. And I edited some more. And then I worked with him more. And we found an editor. I helped him find an editor so we can outsource that part of it. So I guess long story short, we ended up, you know, I just told him on the side, hey, I'm working on this idea on the software. What do you think of it? Because I knew he had the audience. I knew he had, um, People who are interested in YouTube training, they've been buying YouTube training products from, from his company. And I said, hey, I had this great idea. Check it out. And I told him the idea. And then the funny story is he said, oh, okay, that's cool. And that was pretty much it. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> did I uh, dismiss a big opportunity here or what? Like, I didn't do a great job selling him on the idea. And then a few weeks go by, we're talking again about you know, editing some more projects. And then I said, hey, let me show you something. So at this point, I had something to show. 
I had uh, I think a little prototype working and I showed it to him and he was, he's like, wow, this is awesome. Can it do this? Can it do that? I said, no, not yet, but we could add that. And then he, I got, ex- I got him excited on the idea. And so um, it was very interesting how just showing him the product versus trying to pitch an idea made a huge difference. It helped kind of get him convinced on board. And that's how we ended up, uh, ended up doing the launch with him to his audience and uh, which was a great, great plan for me because I got, you know, I got the product out there in front of the right audience, and um, we um, sold a lot of copies pretty quickly. So yeah, so how long did it take you? I don't, I don't know if you mentioned this, but specifically, how long did it take to to develop it from oh. idea to to the first shippable um, version? Um, so we we the idea was around April of 2013. That's when I was dabbling with the idea and got someone working on it. And with the launch was November. Yeah. Okay, great. Around seven months. Yeah. What was is that? Uh, what do you think in terms of that that time length? Is that um, about average or something like you were doing faster than, or would you have liked to have done it faster or what? Um, I can definitely have done it faster, and I did do it faster the second time around with my second product. But for my first product, I was happy with it because I had to learn a lot. I had to learn managing developers. Um, and then also what happens in terms of like, how do you license the software so that doesn't get distributed for free? So a lot of learning up front. And so I'm pretty happy. It took about seven months and I was, um, and what really helped was that, um, Sean was uh, kind of taking over the marketing, which offloaded a lot of the, uh, the work on the marketing side. So my main focus was the development side, managing development team and getting that, you know, idea converted to a real product. And he took care of the marketing side. So yeah, seven months is, uh, I wouldn't say typical, but I, th- I think I'm pretty happy with it for the first time around. And there's a lot of lessons learned and a lot, a lot of things I applied the second time around for my second product. But it was a, it was a great experience and I'm happy with, uh, with the results so far. And more important, I'm happy from what I learned from going through it. Because you see a lot of people launching software, mm-hmm. if you're into software or launching info products, and you it all sounds great, you know, they... They have six-figure launches and all this stuff, but you don't really know how much work is involved. And you know, it, it, you have to go through it once and you know, do it, and you'll learn a lot from it. That's that. That was the most uh, the most value I got out of the experiences. I learned uh, development, how to manage development teams, how to you know filter out the requests. Uh, sorry, filter out like what's not good, what's not required versus what's required. So, you know, I did a lot of extra stuff I probably didn't need to do in the first release. So, you know, learning, learning through experience was what I got out of that, the first experience. And then it was a whole new experience once it got launched. And I think within 24 hours, we had 100 customers. And um, that was another learning experience because with WordPress plugins, because the WordPress plugin that we released is very tricky in a sense that you don't have control over your environment. So the plugin gets installed on someone's WordPress site that could have uh, who knows what plugins and who knows what theme and what kind of conflicts can occur. So you can't really uh, test that. So you got to have, we had a support team ready, including myself, to jump on people's sites and address any issues that we had. So um, that was quite a learning curve. And and I, I was happy that we only lo- we limited it down to 100 people because we knew it was the first launch. We called it a beta and uh, we limited it to 100, only 100 sales just because we want to make sure the product worked on many people's sites. Okay, so 
Yeah, so take me through that. So you had, so when you first launched this um, simple video press, you got 100 customers right off the bat? Yeah, so actually before that, what we did was Sean put out a post. He said, you know what, we're looking for beta testers for a new software plugin we're working on. So we got about 20 or 30 beta testers. Actually, this is a very good point. We got Before we launched it, this is probably a few months before, maybe August time frame, we said, you know what, let's get people using this thing, you know, iron out all the glitches. So we got 20 people on board on a private Facebook group. You know, we kept it simple. And we had a good conversation with them, and people used it. And the interesting thing was uh, people were, were raving about it. They, they loved the idea. They loved it. You know, they had glitches, of course, and we worked with them to fix it. But that was a good sign, a good validation that, that what you're creating is actually offering value and people are willing to use it. So we had a beta, beta group back in, I would say, August or so. And then a few months later, we launched. And even though we had a beta group, uh, we still limited the launch to 100 sales. We wanted to make sure that those 100 people installed it. They're up and running with no issues. So I think that's a very good strategy if you're launching software for the first time. Because software, especially WordPress yeah. plugins, can be tricky. It can be tricky and, and you don't know your environment that you're dealing with. And it's variable. People, change, people have different plugins installed. We found a lot of conflicts with different plugins. So we had to work quickly. And, you know, the first week was, was chaos. <laughs> you know, people, the support tickets are coming in. We're on it, you know, almost 24-7. So that's, I recommend. That's, yeah, that's that's interesting. That's a good good point too. Um, tell me up then about uh, how you from that first one hundred group of one hundred how you scaled it, um, and then and it maybe if this ties into the second piece, you said you learned a lot of lessons from this one that you then applied to the second launch. So tell me a little bit about that. Maybe maybe that's a separate question though. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how we scaled up. Yeah. Um, you know, after we first launched the first hundred sales, they came in within twenty four hours. I think, um, because what we did, sorry, I forgot to mention, what we did before was we wanted to build a little bit of excitement. So we um, created a coming soon page and started, we had a little video, I had a little teaser video about what the product will do. And uh, we kind of put it up there and we said, you know, we use just social media, Facebook primarily to get people um, excited about this thing. And, and Sean had a good network, so he sent a few emails about a product that he's working on. And um, yeah, we I think I forget exact numbers now, but we had a good number of people sign up for this coming soon page about a month or so before the product was launched. So what we, the goal was to have a coming soon page, grow, get that email list of people who are excited about this specific product. And the first when we first launched, that coming soon list had first priority. So they had the first priority to get in and get the software. And then after that, if there was still room, we opened it up to another email list that Sean had, which was people who have bought video-related products from him, uh, video training courses, specifically YouTube training. So that got us our 100 pretty quickly. We closed down. We still had an, an opt-in box saying, okay, we're closed down. We're opening in a few weeks again. Leave your email. So that email list kept growing, the early notification list. And we, we did it again, I think, a few weeks later after our support tickets gone down. Things are stable. We released a few updates. So it was, uh, we had a support person. We hired a support person full-time. Um, I think it was about 12 hours a day. So from like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. 
and just to taking the tickets and I was working and, and then the developer was also working with me to you know hop on people's sites and fix things and then make make the software better. So I think we closed for a few weeks, maybe two weeks, while we fixed the issues, things got stable, and then we kind of did it again. We said, okay, doors are open for another 100. Now, we're more comfortable now. We released a new update, more fixes. We can take on another 100. And we did that, again, I think within 24 hours. We got another 100 on board. And um, I think we did that a few times. And so we closed for a few weeks, open again. And then I think after, I guess, a couple of months, we just kind of left it open. as you know, We're comfortable now. The product is solid. Uh, it's working well. Tickets are very minimal now, and um, yeah, this is you know it's available to anybody. Gotcha. So tell me a little bit about what you learned and how you applied it to the next launch and the next uh, the development of your next product, which is similar, at least it seems similar from the um, the title and description. But tell me a little bit about that simple podcast press and and what you learned and how you applied it to this second um, second product. Yeah. So um, so once things got stable and things were going well. I I got that itch again to kind of create something new. It's kind of, I don't know if it's an entrepreneur thing or just me or, you know, people had this itch to create. So that's what I wanted to create the next one. I had success. I had a lot of fun doing this first launch. And so I said, let me go ahead and create my next product. So what's the next product? And I knew podcasting because I've worked with Sean and a few other people to help them launch their podcast. So I was familiar with the process and what's involved. So I said, you know, let me apply the same principles from the simple video press into the podcasting world. And of course, I have to tweak a little bit because podcasting is different than YouTube. But in general, I apply the same principles. So the good thing is I got to kind of, I had this foundation for the, for the first product, a simple video press. I was able to kind of use that. Uh, so the development was a lot less this time. It, was, it cost a lot less. It was a lot faster because I already had a base that I can work with. So that was great. So if you have, if you're launching something, I guess that's the thing I that I benefited from that people can think about is if you're launching something, a second product, a second course, or second software, see if you can piggyback off the first one, especially the highlights of the first one. So one of the things in the, that I learned is that sometimes you come up with an idea or you have a vision for a product, and then when customers use it. Uh, you might think you have one hot selling point, but when customers use it, they might like something else a lot better. And you need to tailor your marketing to make it what the customers really, how the customers see the value, not what you think the value is for your product. Let me give you an example. Like when I first, um, when I first came up with the video press, I liked the automation part of it, where it takes all the videos and it it uh, puts them on your website. I, I didn't even think about putting an opt-in box below. So I was talking to Sean. He goes, oh, you got to put an opt-in box so people can collect emails um, below each video. I'm like, oh, that's a cool idea. And I didn't think that was a selling point. That, that turned out to be the, hot, the hottest point of the whole product. <laughs> I mean, people love that it's automatic, but people love that there was an opt-in box there. So it, we changed the, uh, uh, the marketing to talk about the opt-in box as a you know, lead-generating tool. And when I did this, the video, pre- the, the, the second product, the simple podcast press, I made I made sure that the opt-in box was the main focus or one of the focuses of the the product because people, um, you know, create content to generate leads for their business. An opt-in box is a great tool to collect email addresses, and if it's all, it's all automated, 
um, you make that you make that the main focus, automation and then the, the list building, then you you kind of speak the language of the customer. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, I kind of rambled on that. But to answer your question, really, I, the 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 thing that I really learned is a you speak the customer's language and you don't don't close off your thoughts. Like if you think your product is meant to do this, but customers are using it for slightly different purpose or enjoying one special feature that you didn't think was that important, make that the focus of your of your marketing. That's the lesson I learned. Awesome. I'm starting to look I'm, well, I'm looking into software development and in this this concept and, and some of the things that I've I've read or learned from it. Uh, you know, people say, well, you know, don't you know be careful because it's obviously it's quite a bit of work when you mm-hmm. when you create a, something like a plugin um, when it comes to like maintaining it and keeping it up to date and things like that. So now that you have two of these going, um, how much are you doing on your end? How much have you had to have you had to hire employees? Have you had to hire you know consistent like um, assistants, virtual assistants or anything like that to maintain this? And how 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 much time do you spend? On just you know the maintenance or engineering um, aspect of these these two products, um, the the second product is more fresh. It's, it was back uh, released back in August, and it's it's getting more maintenance now. Like it, it requires more maintenance because it just came out, and the maintenance is not really like issues or bugs. Like it's not a problems. It's it's the requests that people come in, and this is the hardest part. Um, it's not specific to plugins. It's kind of generic across the software. Is you're going to have people asking for for features. Oh, can it do this? Or I wish it did this. Well, you'd get more sales if it did this, and <laughs> then you're you're kind of torn. So um, this this is the challenge with I find the software with both softwares. You get a lot of requests, and you know what what I do is I've got a simple spreadsheet that I just kind of keep track of the requests and. Uh, if it gets mul- if I get multiple people, and I keep track of the number of people that request it and who requested it, and if I get the same request three, four, or five times, then I, we add it kind of to the queue and we add it to uh, as a feature. If it's not a huge redesign, as long as it sticks with the core functionality, it's not doing something that's outside the functionality. We we consider it and we'll implement it. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, the simple video press has been pretty solid. Um, I. For the past three, four months, we haven't done anything. We test with every release of WordPress, make sure it's compatible with the the latest version of WordPress, et cetera. But uh, we've had very minimal maintenance on the simple video press. Uh, Even the requests for new features hasn't been coming in. It it seems that people are happy with it. We have over 500 people using it right now. So um, the maintenance happens usually early on. I would say the first month, the first Two to three weeks is a bit chaos. Uh, when you first open the doors and you get people using it, you're gonna get a lot of uh, a lot of you need you need a developer. So the, you need a developer that's kind of on call, ready to go, either full time or or at least kind of a good relationship where he would he's available to help you, and he's not too busy to help you. So you know the team I work with, they're all on contract basis. I don't have a full time person. So I would if you're doing a launch and you, you. I would make sure you have you let your developer know. You coordinate with your developer that the first couple of weeks that he should be kind of available to help you. Gotcha. So, do you mind sharing the total numbers that you guys have for for both these different platforms? Or actually, 
yeah, I, I, I'd like to know that. And then the first one was with, uh, um, did you say, was it Sean, Sean Malarkey? Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. And then did he help you co-develop the second one or no? Was that, a, these are separate, separate businesses. Um, they're separate. They're separate. Yeah. I mean, I was, um, I worked with Sean cause, um, we kind of, I pitched the idea to him and he was, he was excited about it and we worked together the first time around and we, you know, we're actually working on adding more features, kind of doing another launch of the simple video press in the next few months. But uh, the second one, um, I kind of wanted to do it myself. And Sean knew what I was doing. Like, it was not a secret. Like, not, nothing. You know, we still have a great relationship. We're, we're still obviously working together on the video press. But um, I wanted to kind of see the marketing side. I didn't really get exposed too much on how to do a product launch and, and on the marketing side too much because he, he handled all that. He was, that was his area of expertise. So I wanted to kind of see... I wanted to learn that process and hands-on, and that's what I did. I did I did it by myself, and um, so the development was a lot less. But um, the learning and connecting with the podcast community and learning the, what people really want and focusing on uh, really adding value to people who do podcasts that was a lot of fun and a lot of work was a lot of fun. And um, what I did was I went I went I started early like i joined the facebook groups and kind of listened i really listened to what people complained about or what people had questions about and i made note and try to see if this plugin can solve it in any way so that's how i kind of got a lot of the, the feature requests and then when it came time to beta testing like i had something that's kind of working and uh, so i reached out to kind of did my research and who's uh, like the Dave Jacksons and the John Lee Dumas and all these people who are big podcasters. I reached out to them and uh, told them what I'm working on. And a lot of them said, yeah, that's pretty cool. But nobody really had time to play around with it and use it. And uh, actually, funny story. Um, one of my beta testers has was interviewing John Lee Dumas for his podcast. And then John saw the saw this plug and he goes, well, what is this thing that you're using? It's like, oh, it's this new beta that I have, a simple video, simple podcast press. And he's like, whoa, I want this thing. Where can I get it? <laughs> so uh, one of my beta testers, he introduced me to John and, and got him set up. And uh, yeah, he's been great. He's been great helping me kind of fix things and give me guidance of what, what he'd like to see in it. And then people like Dave Jackson are using it now. So like people, it, it kind of took some time, but... Um, I think one thing that really helped was uh, in-face networking. Like I was at the podcast movement conference in August. It was um, my, one of my first conferences that I went in person, and I met a lot of people there. And I think that helped because I gave a demo, I gave a product demo there during during the break, and uh, people were kind of like, "Oh, this is new. This is fresh. It's an interesting idea." So, and then people got to know me. You know, went out for dinner after, and we're just chatting. So. People got to know the person behind the product, and that really helped kind of build that trust. And um, yeah, it's, it's slowly getting traction right now. Yeah, tell me about that. What's uh, you, you, what are you? What are the main ways that you're building um, an audience around this, uh, or, or or rather, um, acquiring new customers? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, right now, um, the the we're about a hundred. I'm about a hundred. Just over a hundred people using it right now. Hundred websites using this right now, since August. And um, what I what I've I'm just trying out different tactics. Right. Um, what I've tried first was uh, just getting just getting this like powered by 
simple podcast press link below. Uh, so every time somebody installs on their website, they get this powered by simple podcast press. So I added that feature to kind of get build awareness. And pe- of course, people can turn it off if they don't want to. But what I enticed them by is I made a, I set up an affiliate program so that every sale, if someone clicks on that link on your website, you get a commission for every sale that. If someone decides to buy it because of your website, then you get a commission. So I set up an affiliate program. Um, it's not huge, but it's something. It's, it's motivation. So people are keeping that link, the Powered by Simple Podcast Press link. And the, the, the nice thing about it is this, it's a unique player like compared to what's out there, what's been out there um, prior to it. It's, it's something that stands out when you see it. Like, oh, this is interesting. It's a, you know, a nice big player with an opt-in box and some buttons that say, you know, subscribe on uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud. So it's something that's visually different. So when people see it, they're like, oh, this is interesting. This is different. And then they see the link below, powered by Simple Podcast Press. They click through and they learn more about it. So that's just one channel. Um, another thing I did recently was I, I made a report. So one of the selling points is automation. Like it automates, it takes all your podcasts and it, makes, it puts them on your website automatically. That's one of the, one of the uh, selling points. So I, I decided to make a report, like a free report that's that's kind of around the idea of automation. And I gave 10 tips to automate your podcast or to help speed up podcast production. And um, is I do mention the, the plugin in a few different places within the report. So I, you know, I've, I can offer that report. Um, I didn't I haven't run any ads yet, but I've I've post I've asked uh, people in Facebook groups to help um, promote this report. So people have uh, sent the link to the landing page. People opt in, they get the report, and they get a they they learn a little bit more about the plugin there. So it's again, it's a small channel. It's not a big channel, but what I'm thinking about doing now is um, is is webinars. I'm going, I want to get into webinars. I hear those are good good ways to kind of a give value, but also like visually show the product and give you visually teach something, and you'll get a lot more. Uh, you you get a lot more conversions, I guess. Like you get more people to see the product in person, and uh, kind of consider it more seriously. So I would say the biggest source of, of uh, like referrals has been kind of word of mouth slash uh, this powered by Simple Podcast Press. That's just when people see it, they ask, "Hey, where do you get that player from?" And that's that's been uh, my my biggest source, I'd say. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Hanny, thanks so much for, you know, sharing with us the story. I'm, I think it's infinitely fascinating and I, I always think it's cool when somebody can start a, any kind of company from scratch, but especially software, I find very fascinating. And I think this is a great look into it and I appreciate your transparency and, and, and taking us through that journey. So where, you know, but, but to wrap up, so th- one, thank you. And then the, the second thing is, you know, where can people reach out to you and check out what you uh, are building? Oh yeah, they can. Um, well, thanks for the opportunity. I'm glad I got talked about it. I uh, I enjoy talking about it. So hope I didn't talk too much and keep, take up too much of this of uh, this podcast interview. But no, it was great. Um, people can reach out and and they can reach me at um, simple simplevideopress.com. That's they can check out the plug in there. That's the video video automation or simplepodcastpress.com. Um, they can reach me there. But really, if you look me up on Facebook or Twitter, I'm on you know, Facebook.com slash Hanny Mora uh, or Twitter.com slash Hanny Mora, which is H-A-N-I-M-O-U-R-R-A. 
I'm happy to hear. There's a contact button on all the different uh, sites as well. So if you, you know, can't find me on Facebook or you got a question, just you know, go to Simple Podcast Press. There's a contact form. Uh, reach out to me there. Uh, you know, I'd love. You know, even if you're just curious about software development or anything, I'm happy to talk. So, <laughs> so I'm open to. You know, I'd love hearing back from you. Awesome, Annie. Thank you so much, man. It was really great. It was a pleasure uh, speaking to you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Tom. And that wraps up another broadcast of In the Trenches. If you're interested in checking out the show notes, just head over to tomworkers.com slash podcast to see our latest episodes. Also, I just wanted to give a quick update to fans and listeners of In the Trenches and specifically what I'm working on right now. For the past two years, I've been publishing books, my own and others, through Insurgent Publishing, my boutique publishing company. In the past six months alone, I've helped four individual authors launch their books to bestseller on Amazon, including Dan Norris's The Seven Day Startup and David Nihill's Do You Talk Funny, among others. And both of those books are still top of the charts months after launch. I've learned two important things from all this. Number one, that people still read books. And believe it or not, they're willing to pay for the good ones. And number two, the $60 billion book industry is only getting bigger and the barrier to entry is only getting lower, which means access to this market has never been closer to the average writer, blogger, or author. It is literally within the grasp of anyone who wants it. But you need to know how to approach it the right way, with patience, with a strategy, and with the right implementation and execution. That's why I've been able to launch so many bestsellers, many that are still top of the charts, because we brought great books to the people who wanted and would pay for them. No slimy sales tactics, just honest, powerful marketing. Now, I want to show other authors and publishers how to do the same. Four months ago, I launched the pre-beta to a new super-secret platform called Publishers Empire. In that time, I've helped a dozen authors and publishers start to bring their ideas to life. And with their help and feedback, we've quickly developed what is, in my opinion, the best, most comprehensive publishing training platform in the world. And now I'm getting ready to open the doors up to a few more students. So if you're interested in being part of a tight-knit family of publishers who help and support one another through their writing and publishing projects, if you want access to over 100 HT training videos to take you through the writing and publishing process, if you want access to proven copy and paste book marketing and sales copy, stuff that we've used to launch bestsellers, and if you'd like professional book covers and templates you could plug your own work into and look like a pro in minutes, and if you'd like all of that, while getting the chance to be mentored by me, check out publishersempire.com and sign up to be notified when we launch. That's www.publishersempire.com. I hope to see you there. As always, this is Tom Morcus. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorcus.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.